This ad brought to you by the Cato Institute, a nonprofit promoting American public policies based on individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peaceful international relations, which encourages you to read and download new free reports regularly posted on their website, cato.org. From the CQ Roll Call Newsroom in Washington, this is CQ Now, your nonpartisan news source for how the inside workings of Congress and the federal government shape the real world. Puerto Rico's struggles to crawl out from under $72 billion of debt it issued has set off a debate in Congress over how to extend a lifeline to the island commonwealth. One option is a special type of bankruptcy, an unpalatable one for some Republicans and investors wary of a bailout. I'm Adriel Bettelheim with CQ Roll Call, joined by CQ Financial Services reporter Doug Sword. Doug, there's not total agreement on how Puerto Rico got into this mess, but everyone agrees it's a crisis. The island's defaulted twice on its obligations already. What happened here? Overspending and bloated government were probably partially to blame, and certainly there there are those that are saying that is the cause. It was last summer that Governor Alejandro Padilla had admitted publicly that the Commonwealth could not pay off its debts. And the government subsequently came out with an estimate that over the next five years it would fall $28 billion short, but that it could cut that in half by controlling spending better, but also it would need to have an economic comeback. You have to realize that when the 2008 financial crisis hit, Puerto Rico was already in crisis. Their unemployment was above 11%. And when the U.S. unemployment rate went up to about 10%, Puerto Rico went up to 16%. And it's still above 12%, even though the U.S. rate has now gone down to 5%. A portion of the cause for that is Puerto Rico has been bleeding manufacturing jobs at a rate of about 4,000 a year for 20 years, ever since Congress Uh, started to phase out uh, uh, some very lucrative tax credits for manufacturers. And after all, it's wages and the taxes that they represent that pay off these bonds. So Congress is talking about a modified bankruptcy proceeding to help the island out, uh, a so-called Super Chapter 9 option. What exactly would that entail? Puerto Rico is excluded um, from the code, which enables cities to apply to reorganize their debts under Chapter 9 of the U.S. Bankruptcy Code. Uh, while there is a Republican-backed bill, which is also opposed by some Republicans, to renew Puerto Rico's eligibility to declare bankruptcy, only a portion of the Commonwealth's debt would be covered. Now, the Treasury Department has advanced this so-called Super Chapter 9 option, which is a four-pronged approach. It would allow all of Puerto Rico's debt to fall under this new power, which would only be granted to U.S. territories, by the way. And there would also be a, uh, it would be overseen by a, a federal oversight board. Also, since more than half of Puerto Rico's uh, population is covered by Medicaid now because of the downturn, uh, there would have to be an increase in spending on Medicaid, even though that was projected to actually be cut. And Puerto Rico would, for the first time, be allowed, its citizens would be allowed to use the earned income tax credit, which would help their, their uh, working class population. So a municipal bankruptcy like Detroit's probably left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths. How much is that factoring into the congressional debate? It is a concern. For instance, Representative Tom McClintock, a Republican from California, said as much at a recent hearing. I'm afraid that credit markets are going to say, well, wait a second, if they can do that to the Puerto Rican debt, they can do that for California and Illinois and New York. Uh, And markets will respond to that by... Uh, adding uh, by, by 
assessing this additional risk and increasing uh, interest costs to reflect that risk. Well, he also pulled out the uh, letter that some governors had sent to Congress pointing out that uh, interest rates would rise for everybody if Puerto Rico was allowed to do this. Now, the Treasury Department's point man on this is Antonio Weiss, and he says from the investors he's talked to that that if Puerto Rico went under, that would disrupt the markets. What would calm the markets is saving Puerto Rico's debt because it's 20% of U.S. bond funds have a component of Puerto Rico debt in them. And hedge funds, of course, probably picked up their share at a deep discount. There's a lot of different issues. Uh, a lot of different uh, portions of the government have, have issued debt, but uh, some of them are now trading at, at below 40 cents on the dollar. Now, uh, Speaker Paul Ryan pledged to come up with a solution by the end of March. Uh, that kind of puts some of the more conservative members of his House caucus on the spot, right? Yes. As I, as I mentioned, Representative McClintock was not accepting Mr. Weiss's uh, uh, explanations on much. Uh, in another hearing, uh, Representative Mick Mulvaney, a Republican of South Carolina, had, well, he said what's being contemplated is basically a bailout. Now, one of the people uh, carrying uh, one of the bills in the House is, uh, is uh, Sean Duffy, a Republican of Wisconsin, and he quickly pointed out that bankruptcy does not have a taxpayer component while bailouts do. CQ Financial Services reporter Doug Sword on Puerto Rico's financial struggles and on Congress's efforts to help it out. I'm Adriel Bettelheim. Thanks for listening. Until next time, you can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at CQ Now, and you can download our podcasts on iTunes and Sound. This ad brought to you by the Cato Institute, a nonprofit promoting American public policies based on individual liberty, limited government, free markets, and peaceful international relations, which encourages you to read and download new free reports regularly posted on their website, cato.org.